0: Uh, Mountaineer nation another top 15 matchup coming to us from hugs house the Coliseum with all 3000 plus in the building will be rocking the Sooners come in at 12th Mountaineers 14th big opportunity tomorrow for West Virginia to get another signature win another quad one win and keep kind of um moving up those seed lines for this tournament coming up in March we're also going to get into the schedule dropping for 2021, our thoughts on that, it sets up pretty nicely. And then also some uh, some rather interesting and um, difficult news to hear in terms of uh, Drayshawn Miller putting his name in the transfer portal. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, fill style. If it's an evening, grab the drink. Come on back because we're talking all things Mountaineer hoops and a little bit about football as well. Zach, uh, man, you uh, sound like you're on the road, like uh, these big 12 opponents have been coming into Morgantown here on the weekends of late, man.
1: Yes, sir, I am. Nice long training in South Carolina, so I'm finally getting back to the old homestead.
0: Yeah, kind of got back to almost heaven, Um, and it's been almost heaven for West Virginia in the Big 12 Conference at home, and we've got another top 15 matchup This uh, this particular game here. Three straight top twenty-five matchups um, in the Coliseum for Big Twelve games here of late. That's uh, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, let's hope it turns out like the past
0: couple have. I think. Have yeah, that's to- right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zach, so I mean, let's kind of break this one down here a little bit. Let's kind of get a a, a little bit of a uh, kind of a diagnosis of what the Sooners are going to bring at bring at us tomorrow. We know that we're a different team than when we were last time we played these guys um, after he, who shall not be named, just had left uh, the the team. What are you kind of uh, expecting to see out of us tomorrow, and what are you expecting to see out of them? Well,
1: I don't think they have a lot different of a team than when we've played them the first time around. Obviously, they've had quite a bit of success in that stint, quite a few top – Twenty-five wins. Um, they've been they've been on a nice little roll, but from our perspective, I would hope to see a hell of a lot more Derek Culver, because if you remember, the first time around, it was not a not a fun game for him. Seven turnovers, and he got a quick quick yank because he just he couldn't hang. He couldn't stay out of foul trouble, and we needed to get a lot of scoring from the outside to get back in that game. So he did not see a lot of time that game.
0: Yeah, he didn't have it uh, at all in that game. Um, Like you said, probably his worst game of the season. And you're, th- you're wondering, like, oh, boy. Granted, that was the first time that really he had been seeing the doubles the way he was seeing the doubles um, in the post before that, you know, that game. And at that level of competition and not having the other big guy to kind of uh, take that pr- pressure off you, it, it kind of got to him a little bit. But then after that, he's been phenomenal for us. Um, so you, you, you kind of wonder. You know, from that perspective, uh, and also, like you said, Oklahoma kind of uh, some of the the shenanigans that they pulled in that game that also kind of got into Culver's head. He cannot allow the mind game to be a factor tomorrow. No, and I wouldn't be. Surprised. We need we need good Derek. Yeah, tomorrow,
1: good Derek is a must, and I would not be the light the slightest bit surprised if Oklahoma tries the same foolishness that they tried the first time. That really just killed Derek mentally and he can't do that. He, he can't let them take him out of the game. But even more than that, I think that it just worked out perfectly them doing that and get in his head because I honestly think that he was pressing the issue. He was trying to, you know, put a lot more on his shoulders and make things happen more than he needed to because they were without Oscar for the first time. The news was fresh. And I think that he really put all that on his, his own shoulders. And it just completely debilitated them. And he shouldn't have that problem this time around. I think that he'll really take advantage of this matchup this time around.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that's I think that's something else, too, to kind of look into, um, Zach, from the last time that we played these guys. I mean, got down big and yet found a way to keep clawing um, back into that game. I yeah. had a buddy on that game right. who said he literally stayed on the treadmill the entire game. Yeah. The second half because he thought we were going to pull it off. Um, basically, no, Taz Sherman potentially tomorrow it could be a big kind of uh, development there for us. I think we'd be we, – we would – it'd be nice and we'd be well-served to have him in the lineup to try and win a game like this. I haven't been able to figure out if Reeves is back yet or not for the Supers. I believe he
1: is, but I could be wrong on that one. And I sure hope that Taz can make it back because if you remember – that second half against them and Norman, he exploded.
0: Yeah. Lit it up. Absolutely lit it up. Now, one thing to think about too, in this game, um, Oklahoma has not played since last weekend when they played Iowa state, kind of a, uh, not necessarily a thorough effort, but Iowa state's getting a little more frisky. I feel like, even though last night they got destroyed by Kansas, um, And it it does show Reeves in the lineup there against Iowa State, playing 35 minutes, scored 16 and eight. We're going to have to do a good job on him. He also had eight boards in that game, Zach. Um, But, you know, I think another guy we need to really kind of put the clamps on tomorrow night and tomorrow night, tomorrow during the day, uh, is Gibson. I do not want to see Gibson go off on on us the way he did last time.
1: No, please, please no more of that. That is – that is something we didn't need to happen the first time around, and we certainly don't need it this time around. So I think that we'll have a little little more attention paid to him in this one. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's coming off a good game. He was 4-9 from three-point from three land there in that win against Iowa State the other night at 18 points. Um, you know, they're just an interesting team, Zach, all together. I like the fact that we're getting a little more cohesion now in that in that kind of the four-guard uh kind of one big man lineup, they kind of have that cohesion with uh, Brady Manic kind of being their one guy. I think that's the key, right? Tomorrow is, is Culver versus Manic. Who, who has, comes out and has that game that kind of elevates his team above the other one.
1: Yeah. And you would expect them to roll out a little more Kirk West than they normally do because, you know, Culver is going to exploit them a lot in their matchups, you know, Manic isn't really a match for Culver size-wise. So I would expect Quest to be out there a little more. He has been in past matchups against us. But, yeah, ultimately Culver is going to have to be the story in this one because he was the first time around in the negative light. So I think that he'll right. really be hungry for a bounce-back game.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, him and Manic are both great rebounders. Um, I mean, Manic pouring down 15 boards there against Iowa State the other night. I mean, that's kind of sort of – actually a little bit more of, an, of a of a, of a uh, kind of a uh, sort of an anomaly for him. Yeah. He's typically a little bit more in the seven to six-ish range and actually only averages five on the season. But I feel like he's a good rebounder. But to see him get 15, I think that's a key uh, for us tomorrow is Derek dominating the glass against Brady Manic.
1: Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest to see Derek go for 15 tomorrow on the glass.
0: And have and have Manic be kind of uh, down, and I also think he's going to take this a little more personally, um, and have a little more fire than even he normally does to keep his foot on the accelerator, uh, because of what happened last time to him. And also, let's remember now, this is this is Culver from the free throw line, you know. And 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 Zach, I'm going to make sure that I knock on the wood there, but that's only going to add to what his the potential that he has tomorrow offensively for us in this game. Any game where you're obviously going to need to score some points because they, they fill it up, too.
1: No doubt. And we've got to keep on that pace like we have been. We've got to keep getting the ball in the bucket like we've shown to be able to do the past month. And like I said last pod, I think that that's something that we can rely on more now that we've seen it you know, a number of times. It, it doesn't seem like you said with Manix rebounding. It doesn't seem like an anomaly. It's, it's legit. And Against, like you said, against Oklahoma, a team who likes to score the ball and does so effectively, we're going to have to do that ourselves. But Hopefully, our defense, which has been much improved the past couple of games, can shine through against against the Sooners.
0: Yeah, and and you know what I mean. There also is the element of man, you got to go play on another team's floor, and you know, regardless of, and there will be fans tomorrow. It's you the know, uh, the biggest crowd to date two thousand eight hundred in the building i'll take it but i mean that's yeah exactly i mean and anytime you have some some more uh some more screaming uh mountaineer nation in the coliseum on a saturday afternoon uh the lot the, the lights will be shining uh assuming they have sun in morgantown straight through there it's a beautiful thing man the collie rocking uh and, it, you know, and I think 3,000-ish will get that place with those acoustics kind of rocking there.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And that's going to fire up our guys, and they're going to feed off of that. And I think I, I really see us bouncing back against Oklahoma versus what we showed the first time around. We got down, what, 18 to them the first time we played?
0: Yes, indeed, we did. I mean, down 18 at halftime and came firing all the way back into it and had a chance. Yeah, we had a chance late.
1: Put in a hell of an effort in the second half. Didn't give up like we haven't on so many different occasions this year. Just couldn't quite pull it out. I'd love, I'd love to see uh, JB get get in his groove again, like he did that first game against Oklahoma. 19 points the first
0: go-round. Five at six go. from the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, you know who else didn't really have a great game? Zach um, against Oklahoma that I hope – We'll have a much better one tomorrow, shooting in the Coliseum, and that's Sean McBride, Sean McBride, <laughs> Sean McNeil. Uh, man, those McNeils get uh, the, the mix there. Got me there. Uh, he, he, hey, Sean McNeil trying to become a little more McBrideish here of late.
1: Yeah, he's doing his damnedest. He's knocking down buckets left and right. If he can, if he can be consistent like that, especially when Taz gets back out there, which is hopefully tomorrow. That'd be uh, that'd be dangerous. When you have that many options to just go off at any point, you're a dangerous and legit offensive offensive team with some major firepower.
0: Absolutely, Zach. And I think, you know, looking back on the box score from that last game versus them, that was kind of the, the sort of the genesis, obviously, of this style of basketball. We were fourteen of twenty four from three in that game. Oklahoma was eleven of thirty five. Um, Yet they made a lot more twos than we did mm-hmm. uh in that ball game. And also it was one of our worst free throw shooting games of the season, nine of fifteen from the line. They were ten of fourteen. Out rebounded us by five as well, forty one to thirty six. And West Virginia had fourteen turnovers. Half, yeah. um, like I said, were yeah. on, on Derek. Yeah. And and just not just not kinda didn't have our heads about us, didn't have our wits about us, you know. Uh there in in, a, in in Norman last time, but like we said, I think we expect much better tomorrow. I love love the three and a half number that we're sitting at, and I'll be honest with you too. I think I take a, a an over tomorrow, although I think we're gonna play some great defense as well tomorrow against Oklahoma.
1: I tend to agree, and you talked about the two pointers that Oklahoma made against us the first time around. You know, getting in the lane like that, scoring at the rim, that's a direct correlation of Derek not being in there very often. If I'm not mistaken, he played, what, 19-ish minutes in that game? Is it was somewhere around
0: there? I believe, Zach, you were right, 19 minutes. Uh, um, straight from the memory, my and, friend. I have no screen in front of me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. And you know what? I, I will I – will, uh, I do have a screen in front of me, and I'll check you real quick here. But I believe I saw nineteen earlier as well. But when when you don't have um, in the middle, that's going to
1: make it a lot easier for them to get inside and score at the rack. So if he can, if he can keep his wits about him, like you said, stay out of foul trouble, they're going to have a much harder time.
0: Play twenty two minutes. Ah, twenty two. But he was one of four, uh, six rebounds. Had three fouls, one assist. Like you said, the seven turnovers—brutal. Just didn't. Yeah, it was just not his, not his night. Um, was also zero two from the line. That was a real bad body language day. Oh, yeah. For for Derek Culver, um, a lot. and we've been seeing a lot less of that lately, which is a real good sign.
1: Yeah, a lot of yanking the jersey out of the shorts that day. He was he was not having a good one.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? The officiating was not good either that game. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit less. Uh, rough and tumble there, and they'll call a few more, let him get to the line, let him get some confidence, you know, knock one that would again there, confidence from the line, and kind of able to establish him tomorrow. And I think he'll take it personally, like we said. Um, Zach, you know, tomorrow also is going to be the unveiling of kind of the pre-bracket. Do you have a prediction on what those folks might say about the Mountaineers? Given the
1: win against Texas Tech, and you said when are those brackets coming out? Is that after the game or before the game?
0: It's it's actually going to be probably happening at about 130, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Okay, so there won't be a result for our game against Oklahoma yet. Given the fact that we beat Oklahoma and beat them relatively soundly in Lubbock, they had us around a five seed. I would say, conservatively, a four seed would be what I would expect. I think that we're better than that, but I think that we still have to prove that to to the committee and to the guys making these brackets, Joey B. Um, I think they'll have us at a four.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say that I disagree with you. Okay. What do you I think, think? we'll be a three. I think we'll be a three seed tomorrow when they have that, when they have that own little bracket special show there uh, before. And Zach, for the for the life of me, can't figure out the, oh, it's it's, it's going to be at 1230, so it'll be right kind of, right before our game, before the Auburn-Kentucky game. It's at 1, so the show's at 1230. Yeah. So, at least we won't be able to listen to what happened like we did the last year before we got our asses waxed out there in Norman. Uh, but I, I'm thinking a three seed, my friend. I believe the, the sweep of Texas Tech's really going to hold some weight. I think they're still going to give a little bit of credit to us for that Kansas win because, in reality, that's still a good win compared to a lot of other teams' wins that are out there. Um We've got a lot of – Western Kentucky win's a good win. Richmond. Uh, Richmond's a pretty solid win, although not as good as we would have liked to or hoped that it would have been. Um, Oklahoma State's a pretty solid win. So, I mean, I feel like West Virginia is going to get a lot of love um, tomorrow. And I think the sweep of Texas Tech and kind of just the – kind of I think the renewed confidence that – Um, that they've seen this team play with of late and how we've played since the COVID pause. Not to mention, I think you've got to give some love to the fact that we've played one of the most difficult schedules in the country. I think they'll have us a three seed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that being where we belong. And I don't think there's any question about that amongst those who know what they're talking about, which those guys are supposed to be. But did you happen to see where we were in the net rankings after our win against Texas Tech?
0: You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because Texas Tech retains the lead. Uh-huh. Um, heard him talking about it on the Hug Show, and that that the net seems to be a little bit of an issue right now.
1: Well, if I'm not mistaken, that's one thing that gets taken into account with these bracketology, right, or predictions and such, and with the brackets themselves. And I've voiced my displeasure with the net rankings. I think they're faulty to a certain extent. You know, everybody has their opinions on how teams are ranked and where they put put them in the in basketball and football, you know, everybody has their right, right, right but I don't I don't much care for the net rankings and that right there is a is an issue in its own right having Texas Tech still ahead of us with the resumes with us beating them both times. Yeah. I think that's more shit.
0: Yeah, two sweeps is is kind of, you know, a sweep of them, two big dubs is kind of crazy. Not to mention the fact that like San Diego State rose like 40 40 points in these rankings based off of blowing out cupcakes in San Jose State just because they had blowouts. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's one of those things that uh, you almost have to kind of laugh and chuckle at to some extent because it's semi-ridiculous. But the good thing is that's not the full, the full thing, the full, you know, they're not just pulling the net right. rankings out and looking at it. They're definitely looking at other things, and I think if they're noticing that now, they're like, "Well, how does that make sense?" Maybe the net will be less of a factor in the seeding process this year because of the way it's kind of worked out with the with the scheduling, I guess. You know?
1: Yeah, you would hope, but it's hard to tell what they'll do. Like I said, I think that we belong in a three at this point. I do think that they'll put us at a four. Just one of those things. Whether you want to call it disrespect, whether you want to call it us needing to prove ourselves. But that's where I see us going. Did you happen to see the uh, the love we got from Matt Norlander the other day?
0: No, I did not. Matt, Tell me, my friend,
1: Matt Norlander, CBS Sports, um, highly respected, highly regarded college basketball writer. The W is one oh, of the no. favorites to make
0: the Final Four. Oh. Out of teams to be outside the top ten, and, and you know what. Outside the top ten, you'd have to say we have, we're the ultimate favorite outside of yeah. the top ten at this point. But I think with a win tomorrow, hopefully in a, a big-time win, you're able to kind of take over second place in the Big 12. And, you know, you move back into the top ten. But, I mean, it's – the way we're playing basketball right now, it's been fun to watch. And let's just hope we continue the defensive intensity tomorrow um, that we've been showing here the last couple of games – along with the good shooting performance. And, and there's going to be redemption and revenge on the minds of the, of Hugs and Company tomorrow when they tip the ball off at one, man. It's going to be fun.
1: Yes, it will. And I'll tell you what, watching the Kansas-Iowa State game last night, I don't know if you saw this, a nice little graphic popped up about our our own Deuce McBride getting a little love in a game that wasn't played with the Mor- or with the Mountaineers. So kind of nice to get that kind of notoriety whenever it's not our game that's being played.
0: It is, it is nice. Well, you know what? Hey, man, maybe eventually he'll get some uh, – we'll, we'll get a little love when it's not a Big 12 game being played, fair you know? I, I tell you one thing that – speaking of kind of talking about people talking about us, was listening to uh, Titus and Tate, um, pretty good little podcast there, stumbled upon it. They were kind of given their premier universal galaxy guide to college basketball for the season. Took them a long time to talk about us, but once they finally did – they did give us some love, um, which I which I was encouraged to hear. But, Zach, one other thing real quickly here before we jump out of this, and because I do want to get to another topic here. Um, but in terms of the respect card, I think another win like this, you're getting much, much closer to where people are giving us a lot of respect. Barstool, Mush, and Rico Bosco, and pretty much everyone on that uh, Daily Pick'em show they have, when they went through the top 25, and said do teams have chances to win the national championship everyone said that they think we have a chance to win the national championship so granted just fresh off the win against Texas Tech but, but some love is being given around the country and I hope we are still kind of on our game and not kind of buying into that hype either
1: I agree with that completely and I hope that Huggins will be able to deter them from feeding into that I mean obviously those players are on social media they're they're mm-hmm. dialed into what's going on around them and I'm sure that they they feel that love, they see it, but hopefully they don't get too on too high on their horse and they just keep grinding like they have been and that's what they that's what they gotta do. But I, I do agree the way they've been playing ball recently, they're they're sinking and gelling at the right time to where even if I weren't a Mountaineers fan, I would like to think that I would see them as a potential contender at the end of the season because they're playing yeah, really good ball you.
0: right now. It's kind of uh, – it's fun, and like we've said before, similarities to 2010, we're starting to see a lot of little just kind of the feel, at least in my opinion. Um, Zach, you know, you just s- spoke about how everybody's on social media. Well, um, everyone learned of a big uh, kind of whew, kind of drop in social media there the other day with Drayshron Miller deciding to uh, put his name in a transfer portal And then, you know, literally at the same time we get the schedule, um, was a big football news day in certain respects there yesterday.
1: Yes, it was. And you see his teammates, Winston Wright, Nick Troy Fortune, a couple others, showing him love, of course, him departing. All these guys have mad respect for each other. But I saw a couple guys tell him to go get his money, which would kind of indicate to me that Miller is – Maybe looking to go elsewhere that could get him a little better of a uh, stock for the draft. Maybe next, exactly. I don't know what his plan ultimately is, but I kind of Let
0: me ask uh, you this question.
1: Indication, and I
0: and I, I just don't understand this. And maybe you can, maybe you can fill in a gap for me, or try and figure this out. But I don't see there being any difference in between in raising your stock playing in the Big Twelve as opposed to playing in the SEC. What can he not accomplish that at West Virginia University that now he's going to magically accomplish? Say, I mean, somewhere in the SEC, right? I mean, that's where he's going to go, correct? Or is he going to go play at Clemson? Or I mean, what is it? One of those types of deals? And I just that's what I fear, man, about this transfer portal the most is you have good programs that are building good good a good core, cohesive core of players together, and then all of a sudden one guy says, you know what? Uh, it's my senior year, I think I want to go play against SEC receivers. I just – I don't know, man. There's something about it that I really, really don't like.
1: Well, a lot of it's stigma-based. The SEC always gets love love for its defensive prowess, and, you know, we see on a regular basis where that's not always the case, look no further than the last game Alabama and Florida played. The offense this year and the SEC were so good and the
0: defenses were catching up the entire year.
1: Right. And by contrast, the Big 12 has always been labeled as a team that does – or a conference, I should say, that plays no defense. The offenses get all the love, and the defense really doesn't get that much notoriety. Not to mention, just from a pure exposure standpoint, in his defense, he will likely get more exposure on a national scale if he were to go to a top-end SEC team, which I wouldn't be surprised if he has the capability to do. When he came here to Morgantown – he came from LSU. That's where he was going to be, but it ended up not working out. So he has that ability. He he is known out there.
0: In that I mean, look atmosphere. look what he did this year. But Obviously, he has the ability. I wouldn't be surprised um, but you at all. know what though, in his departure, he was excellent. You start thinking about guys that are going to end up playing. I mean, uh, the, the the fact the fact that you do have some players behind there. Matthews is a pretty good guy who we saw play. Daryl Porter played pretty well last year. You have David Vincent who who is pretty highly thought of coming in. Um, but I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. Maybe you look for somebody else in the in the transfer market here in the portal uh, to take his place. Maybe a guy who is you know you look at the mid major guys and maybe now that's where Neil really has to live is kind of watching and grinding on those some belt in max and Mac schools for some of their talent. if, if his talent's going to get poached. Well, then you got to go poach somebody else's. Unfortunately, I, you know, you hate you hate to do that, but um, kill or be killed, I guess, right? Um, at this point in time, yeah, that's exactly
1: how I would say. It. Yep, I would say exactly, kill or be killed. I mean, if he doesn't do it, everybody else is going to do it to him, and it's unfortunate that it's the Wild West, like Hugs has called it, because he he can't stand this more free agency style of recruiting and transferring and everything like that. That this transfer. Portal baguettes, but that's just the way it is. And like you said, killer be killed. As far as as far as it being disappointing, I think it very much is. You look at what that defensive backfield was going to be next year with Miller, Fortune, Adai, Mahone, Mahone, and of course Tyke Smith, that was going to be one of the most dangerous and just yeah, unreal defensive Absolutely. backfields in the I country. Mean,
0: you know what though, Zach? I don't feel like even though I hate to say this and I'm I'm disappointed that Drayshawn's gone. Um I think we'll still be very good back there. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's his loss man so you don't want to be a part of the new the no-fly squad there in Morgantown. um we, we loved you while you were here good luck to you but um time you know if, if somebody's not hearts right. on it and they want to go somewhere else I guess you got to let them go you got to let them leave right um but so also the other the other piece of this Zach from that day was the schedule dropping the big 12 uh, uh, added in the conference games now and uh, man, You know, real quick on the non-league, you have an opener at Maryland, which is really interesting, a real good opportunity, I think, for us. Have to come out there and play well, but I I think we can get that game, kind of get a little buzz for the season. It also gives the players a target to look at to start, man. You're playing an ACC opponent, that's great. Long Island, obviously. And then the big game with Virginia Tech at home on the 18th, Uh, Mountaineer Field will be rocking for that if you think about it, maybe potentially the first big opponent home game coming off of a year when no one was allowed it in the joint for the most part, man, that thing could be insane. Doug Nestor's going to have a absolute field day licking his chops, trying to go against those boys that he went against and practiced all those years. Um, and we know tech's kind of in flux a little bit, man, that's fun. And then you get to the conference games, man. What'd you think about the way that kind of broke down there with us having to go to Norman, Uh, to start off the conference season, along with the thoughts on how you feel about the non-league real quick.
1: Well, let me start with that first conference game at Oklahoma. If I'm being honest, and this is the everlasting optimist in me, my first thought was, oh, shoot, we're going to Norman to start conference play after our non-conference slate where hopefully we end up 3-0. How about uh, how about we go four and to start, get a huge win against one of the preseason top teams in the country. They'll absolutely be a top five team at that point as long as they don't blow it and they're in conference, which I'm sure is probably a cupcake, but I haven't uh, seen their schedule Zach, so I, can't I say will go ahead before.
0: and tell you that but they we, have Tulane on the road, Western Carolina in a home game with renewed okay. rivalry with Nebraska. Scott Frost's Corn Huskers. Um, if
1: we can steal one there early, that'd be Huge if we really want to take this leap in year, whatever you want to call it for Neil Brown. Hopefully, it's considered more of a year two. Hopefully, there's no issues with COVID in the offseason and Make it like it was this past
0: off season. Um, and like you know, to go three and one would be incredible. Then I think that's where it comes—the games that I think you need to be uh, and perform well in. Texas Tech at home, going on the road to Baylor without Charlie Brewer and and Aranda still trying to write that ship in year two. And then a game with TCU uh, in Fort Worth there uh, would be very very interesting. If you can beat the Horn Frogs, uh, if you can find a way to be six and one or five and two, I would love to be six and one coming through there because then it gets really interesting. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely brilliant of a
1: start. You get to six and one there with your only loss being assuming it, it's Oklahoma. I mean that's that's going to get you some love and. I don't know, man. I I really could see it happening, considering the opponents. But you know, you won't know for sure until you see what you got out there. You got to go through an off season, make sure you don't get any you know, any major
0: injuries. But yep.
1: I, I could see that happening. Five and five and two, probably more likely. But six and one's not out of reach.
0: I mean, I, if if you're five and two, the other loss that you have, you're going to be kicking yourself over it. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Um, but. I could see that as well. But, you know what, Zach, I also think, though, now we've got a coach and kind of a – who is able to minimize sometimes the the flaws of this team, and I think they're establishing an identity. Um, I love what we have coming back on defense despite the Sean Miller loss. But then you have a game with Iowa State who – I mean, wow, at that point, a, a Halloween weekend Iowa State game, if we're 6-1 and one and they're doing what they think – what they could be doing, game day potential, they're – with another home game the next week against Oklahoma State um, before a trip to Manhattan, Kansas. And then the final two games there, a home game for senior day with Texas and then a road trip at Kansas. Love closing with Kansas. Um, but those other three there, really four, actually, yeah, I'm going to include Kansas State in there as well. The trip there, those are going to be tough games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I kind of like homecoming against Texas. You know they're they're without Ellinger now. He was the straw that stirred the drink with them, and it's going to be a first year. Sark trying to get his stuff going, trying to get his thing implemented. You know, by that time of the season, they may be rolling. But yeah,
0: that's that'd be my only fear there.
1: When you yeah. bring a new quarterback in, it's a totally different ball game, especially with the new staff. That could be a game
0: that we could we can end up getting. And our, now that kid looked brilliant in the second half though against Colorado. Oh uh, yeah, bowl win though. He really did. And with Sark's system. Would like to have played them earlier, but got to love the senior day aspect of that for them. And then, like you said, the Oklahoma state game, that's a big game for us this year. I feel like, um, they won't have Chuba. Tom loss is gone. Spencer Sanders is back. We might actually finally get to play him in a game and that might benefit us. Um, but that's a game that we need to get Oklahoma state's a game. We need to get Iowa state's a game. We need to find a way to get right. You know, we've been winning versus some of these other squads. Um, Obviously, Texas is another one he needs to find a way to get. So it's kind of – it's interesting there when you really think about it. He's got Kansas State who he's been able to find a way to get there in November both times um, as well, but you got three other games that you haven't – you haven't found ways to beat them yet. Um, So that I find very, very interesting. And then to close out with Kansas, that, you know, hopefully there's not too – I mean, hopefully – there's a lot on the line and it's a game that we can find a way to win, but that also would scare the living shit out of me to have to go play less miles in a game that means nothing to them at all and everything to us.
1: That's a spot where he would kind of rally them and just thrive.
0: But I, He pull the old Corso, right? Sneaking around a chicken coop a little bit, you know what I mean? And that's so just, fast. Eh, just finds a way. No, but I mean we've We've had their number, and there's still a big big transition process going there, but I mean, Zach, you look at the schedule man i'd like I do like the way it sets up, I like the way it sets up for a fast start, then you've got a big game with Iowa State, then you've got games that you know you need to find ways to to beat those teams, like I said, I mean, I don't think you can harp on it enough, but should be interesting knowing that this is kind of now you know. Neal is really getting this thing where he wants to get to. And I think even despite the transfers, man, I think really, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like out of all the transfers and people are talking about it, we've gained a big time asset in Nestor. We have lost a big one in Miller. And probably if you want to get down to it, Sinkfield and Ollie Jennings guys that could have played and made plays on offense, but you do have depth there.
1: Yeah. It, it bothersome to see so much of it. And you know, Mays, Bryson Mays is a guy that I would like to see stick around, just because you I can't agree. have you can't have enough versatile offensive line depth. Which he could play center, he could play guard. But despite that, you do have to take into account that this is the first season, if I'm not mistaken, where it's you know your first transfer, you're good to play immediately. And yep, exactly. Taking
0: advantage of that, and you know, yep,
1: it is what it is. So you know, hopefully, Zach, we can take advantage of ourselves too.
0: I agree. Hopefully, we take advantage of ourselves, but also. That's an interesting thing to think about, too. You know, we're able to get kids into Morgantown based off what it is, but then they live here for a year. If they're from somewhere else, homesickness happens, players happen. I think some of the defections are just because it's a different voice than what they came to. They were there with Dana. They thought, you know, I'm going to give it a little bit more of a try. Maybe it didn't work out for them playing time-wise with some of these guys, and then they leave. You know, I can see that happening to some extent, too, with some of these guys that have left. Like I said hopefully we're able to rebound and get a few guys ourselves off the off the transfer wire, um, but even with, even if not, I'm not really down on the guys that are leaving because I think we still have a lot in the building. Agreed. That can make next season a pretty special one. I kind of think there's a chance looking at that schedule, Zach. It wouldn't shock me if we are a ten and two, nine and three type football team.
1: You hate to say that's the expectation, but that's really where you'd like to see this team go to to make that leap, because. They made sizable growth from year one to year two under Neil Brown. Yep. You know, granted, the schedule didn't really allow it to look that way in the win column because you didn't play as many games. But you could tell there was market improvement on both sides of the ball. This was a different team than what he threw out there his first year. And to even get five wins that first year, considering what we were doing, was pretty good. And it could have been better. could have been better yeah. than the past year. But next year is really where you want to see them take another another step and I think that they could, I think nine and three is absolutely attainable. 10 and two would be excellent.
0: And you know what? The thing about it is too, Zach, if you're in that conversation, if that's where you're at, then who knows what might've happened around you, right? I mean, the big 12 championship, if you're in that nine, three, 10, and two range, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe you are in the potential and kind of sniffing around there for a big 12 title game appearance. Um, you need to beat the right team, I think, and not have the wrong loss. Yep. Uh, but you're you're kind of in the ballpark uh, if you pull that off. But Zach, you know, talking about next year in football, let's also remember that this year in hoops, we still got a special thing going, and I'm pumped for tomorrow in the Coliseum. Glad that uh, you were able to join me, man, and kind of uh, kind of dig into that basketball game and kind of um, kind of pontificate on the future uh, for the Mountaineer football squad. Always a pleasure man. Let's go Mountaineers.
1: Hopefully we'll get one back from Oklahoma tomorrow.
0: Yep. Hey, we're 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 due. We're due to beat those guys. And I think uh have got a good feeling about tomorrow, man. Good feeling about tomorrow. Y'all take it easy till next time. Thanks for joining us.
1: West Virginia. Blue Ridge House.